in uh, Pasha's bow, Exodus chapter 10, the famous question as to why the Lord said to Moses, come to Pharaoh instead of go to Pharaoh, Boel Paro, and the question, because I have hardened his heart, which exercised the Jewish philosophers for centuries as to what about free will, and why are you removing free will from Pharaoh? And then the most enigmatic part of the verse, in order that I may, well, the word shos, Rashi tells us the word shisi, see me, sheosis ani, that I'll place my ososai, my signs, in him, within him. These signs, these plagues. And of course, why doesn't it say plagues? Why does it say signs? And at the end of the parasha, we will learn that there is a sign that is to be memorializing the whole event of the Exodus uh, in chapter 13. It shall be for you as a sign on your arm, and a memorial between your eyes. Laman, for the function, the purpose, that the Torah of God will be in your mouth. With a strong hand, God took you out of Egypt. Place it on your hand as a memorial, as a sign, because God used the hand, a strong hand, to take you out. The Midrash Habir, Xaviad 14 says, Laman Shisi, the word Shisi is an altikre, meaning don't vowelize the word Shisi with a chirik, Elo, Shete, two. Shete means two, two signs, meaning the reason I have hardened his heart is that I can place two signs. What are the two signs? There are two letters, osios, shte osios, not signs, but a pun on oso, sai, as in os, a sign or a letter. Omer Rabba Seinu, lule shitef hakodesh baruchu shte osios mishmo imachartumim, were not God to have um, shitef, meaning he made a partnership, partner up, two of the letters of his name, his two of his potencies, with the magicians of Egypt, which is, uh, I guess, Os He and Os Yud, they would not have been able to compete with Moses, meaning that the first three plagues in which the Khartumim, the magicians, are doing exactly the same and com- able to do it, come from the divine potency of the yud K out of the four letters of the divine name, two of those letters uh, are being uh, uh, appropriated for the magicians so that they were able to do that. So Al-Tikre Shisi Elo Shate um, is a Midrashic response to the problem of that word in, so that I can she see ososai ele bekirbo, meaning I have hardened his heart in order that I can manifest two of my potencies within him. Now, 
I'd like to jump to the Satmarov, the Yismach Moshe, who quotes from an earlier generation of Hasidim, and that is the Ketusha Slevi, Reb Levi Yitzhak Miberdichev, who was an awesome commentator. And he starts off by quoting him in Klolos Anisim, Posuk Gimel, Lecho ve'esh God says to Moses, uh, enigmatically, go and I will send you, or go in the cohortative sense, so that I may send you. As opposed to here, where it says, Bo, come to Pharaoh. Initially in Exodus, it said, go and let me send you. And Moses' response is, me onochi, who am I that I should go before Pharaoh? So the Kedushas Levi has this wonderful interpretation. And let me read it to you. This, the, the intent behind the enigmatic double statement of go and let me send, he dives into the Arizal, the Lurianic corpus, in Parshas Shmos, the Arizal was purported to have said in his uh, in, in, in the in the in the um, combined writings uh, on the Arizal on the Torah, he makes out this unbelievable claim that the double lotion of lecho and eshlochacho el paro comes to signify that the shlichus, that Moses as an apostle of the divine, as a messenger of the divine, had two component parts to the actual message. The object of the message would result in Tova Yisrael Varala Mitzrayim, that in fact it would be good for the Israelites and bad for the Egyptians. Now the Kedushas Levi says, what's going on here? From the divine, nothing evil can come forth. Why are you telling Moshe Lechor meaning that the result of your message, that is the plagues, will be good for the Israelites and bad for the Egyptians if nothing bad can come out from the divine directly. The word has to do with the dark side of his shlichus, meaning God is saying, from you, from Lechor, will come the bad stuff that goes to Mitzrayim. The Neged HaTovah, Shemagia Mehashlichus, and the good stuff that's going to come to the Israelites, Amah Hashem Yitzbarach, Alzeh That is what I'm sending you for. I'm sending you for the good stuff, but your telling him about the bad stuff will come from you. That's how the Lukute Torah of the Arizal resolves the problem that on the one hand bad stuff's about to happen, on the other hand bad stuff doesn't emanate from God but comes from Moses. 
Alpizer, the Kedusha Slavi, then tropes, Yevua Chuvat Moshe Rabbeinu that triggers his response. It's not, I'm just nobody, I'm too low, why are you sending me? It's, I am the one that's going to precipitate evil to others? Why should it be me that becomes the apostle of evil, the, the dire prophet of doom? A man who speaks doesn't want to do evil, and you want me to do evil? Why should I be the one? It's not part of my personality. It's not part of my makeup to be a prophet that delivers messages of doom. And the Reb Levi Yitzchok of Miberditchev responds, and God responded, Your thinking, Moshe, is faulty. In truth, Ki imoch, I will be with you. Don't worry. It may be coming from you, this evil tidings, but I will be with you. Meaning, I will cover you. I got your back, both for the good and the bad. Why is it? You just told me that that no ba- the, the Arizal says that no bad can come out from the divine. So how can you tell me you're going to cover me? You'll be with me. Are you going to be with me for the bad stuff? So the Kedusha Slavi says that God responds, your thinking is faulty. There is no evil in these makos. In fact, it's going to be a big favor to the Egyptians. Why? Because what is the purpose of the good stuff that comes out of the Marcus, of the plagues? That Bnei Israel will come out of Mitzrayim and they will serve the Lord on this mountain. That through these horrific plagues, they will exit, they will be, have the exodus. They will go to Sinai. God will manifest and reveal himself in the first theophany in human history. And therefore, there will be a great Kedusha Shmo HaGadol, a sanctification of his name, of his great name. Because at the theophany, the entire nation will accept the awe of the yoke of heaven. And those Egyptians will look back and say, oh my gosh, look just what happened. The first time in history, the God of all gods, the Lord, manifested himself, the people accepted it, and we were the ones uh, that were the instrument by which this happened. Rak, however, you're too short-sighted. Shekha'et, right now, who Marcus Varaz limits rhyme? 
it is bad for the Egyptians. After later, these makos will end up being good even for Mitzrayim. This is an outrageous claim that Moshe's thinking and his reluctance to go to Pharaoh was because he did not want to be the harbinger of bad news. And God's response is, I will be with you throughout because in fact nothing bad will come out of me because in the future even the Egyptians will say that Haim Hayu Hakalim. They were the vessel. She'al Yodam. They were the instrument through which Yisgadav through which the manifested uh, divine would make itself known to humanity. Raksha Now it's bad, but later it will be good. This uh, amazing Kedushas Levi is quoted by the Yismach Moshe, and he he adds, You can see from the Kedushas Levi's words, that Moshe lo paro ki lo He didn't want to be a bad shaliach, an apostle of evil. Rakle Yisrael. He wanted to take care of his flock, Am Yisrael, the Israelites. Vaday because Zatmarov says for them it was good, and he wanted to be an apostle for good, not for evil. And he quotes the Kedusha Slavi until God said to him that also it will be good for the Egyptians. And then the Satmarov says, and that explains the verb Bo El Paro Daika, specifically come to Pharaoh. Come to Pharaoh specifically. The low toma don't say sheato shaliach ralo ki ani hechpadeti es libo because I have hardened his heart. Veich yitakenze vechiyesh ol lefonai over lefonai leman shisi osai sai elo bekirbo daika. I specifically are lending the yud and the hay of my name into him bekirbo daika, meaning shehu yiekli. And that's why the bad stuff is happening. I have to strengthen his heart so that he refuses, so that there'll be the other seven plagues, so that he will finally end up giving in and the Jews will go out. Through that, my osios will be manifest. And since everything is then ending up to be good, therefore, Bo El Paro, Come to Pharaoh. Don't resist. This is the Satmarov's interpretation. The Medrash tells us something so profound that the os itself turns out to be the tefillin. The hoya lechol os al represents the tefillin of the arm. and a memorial for your eyes. The posuk then becomes quite enigmatic. It then says, what is the function of this as you go out of Egypt, that forevermore this ritual be, will be, Laman tiye Torah Hashem b'ficha, 
that the Torah will be in your mouth, kibiyot chazokahatzem. Comes along the Medrash and says the following. Why on the Yad? Because it says, Because God took you out with a mighty, uh, a mighty hand. And the Medrash, Shmos Rabbah, has a wonderful mashal, a wonderful um, parable. A king went far away to seek uh, his wife. He giyu galim ad etzlo, and on the sea there was a terrible storm before she was able to return with him. And when they finally returned, he says to her, Please, I sent this ship for you, and on the way to me there was a terrible storm. Try not to remember how severe the storm was and how near to capsizing the ship it was. Elo, I want you to remember Zichri Oso Yom She Polatata Mehem, but rather remember the time in which you were saved from the storm. Tehi zocheret oto. Just remember that. Va'asi oso simcha b'chol shana. And every year I will make a great banquet in honor of that saving grace. The nimshal, the explication of this parable, is as follows. Niglo aleim ha'kadosh baruch God appears in Egypt to to redeem them. He sends Moshe, and Moshe goes to Paro. And so many hard waves they had to endure in Egypt until finally, until finally, finally, they were set free. And then he took them out. And so he says to them, I want you to remember a zikoron of the good times, of the times when I saved you. is brought also in the Torah Shlema. Someone who is Osek B'Torah, remember it's the Torah's Hashem B'Ficho, Hashem Chofzo. So quoting that psalm, anyone who is engaged in Torah learning is desirous of the Rabboni Shalom. And now there is two interpretations of um, the Tefillin. Rabbi Eliezer Omar, Omar Yisrael Lefnei HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Rabboni Shalom. So Am Yisrael says to the Rabboni Shalom, We really want to completely toil in your Torah, Aval, We have no time. We're busy in this world, in the real world, in Parnassa, in raising children and family, in suffering, in sickness. We don't have time to spend all day in the Torah. So the Rebbeinu Shalom says, "Kimu mitzvahs tefillin, 
This tefillin, I want you to know, is a substitute. Umale ani alechem, and I will accredit it to you. I will account it for you. Ke'ilu atem yegiem lailoviyom, because we put the tefillin on. And I will accredit it to you as if you were toiling day and night, even though you are not because you're busy. Now, in the old days, they used to wear the tefillin all day long. It was an os, and it was meant to be worn all day. In fact, there's a yeshiva in the old city of Jerusalem called Zilberman's, uh, where they actually continued that practice. Now, that was Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Eliezer is taking a very, uh, I, I would say, an imaginative step away from the pshat. The pshat merely says, it shall be for a sign on your arm and a memorial between your eyes in order that the Torah Sashem will be in your mouth. Somehow, through this ritual, between the head and the arm is the mouth, and the mouth will then be able to explicate the Torahs of Hashem, and I assume that also means the parshiot that are in that tefillin that talk about the Exodus, um, because that's the function of this ritual, kibiot and those parshas talk about the Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Where does he come from there to the statement that Torah is so all-encompassing, we just don't have enough time for it. There's clearly a move from what Torah Hashem Beficha means in the Pshat and what Rabbi Lezer's notion of Torah, which is Torah Shabal Peh and the toiling and the horroring in Torah Yom and Valayla. Comes along Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan disagrees and says, no, let me tell you about this tefillin business. Omar Mikra Molehu. The Mikra, the verse, the Pshat, speaks for itself. I don't need your interpretation using your imagination. This is a different view of the ritual. That is, the Torah itself will automatically be in your mouth if you are performing the function of that ritual. This is a difficult concept. To what extent... Are we looking at the narrative, learning from it the halakha, and then retrofitting the halakha to fit the verse? Comes along the Dega Machana Ephraim, going back to those words, O Sosai, the os that I'm giving you, referring at one moment to the plague and at another moment to the os, the sign, comes along the Dega and says as follows, Kitfilin Nikra Os. The tefillin itself is considered a sign. Remember, there are three osios in Torah, the os of tefillin, the os of Shabbos, and the os of Mila. As we say in the Shema, it shall be for a sign on your arm and frontlets between your eyes. And then he comes and says that if one letter is missing, from this box of the tefillin, afilu, the pay shall paro, or kiliotabazer, so I forget, as the scribe writing the scroll in the tefillin, one letter, even if it's the letter of the bad guy, paro, who, pasul, 
that makes the tefillin invalid. It no longer has this property of a sign, the os of tefillin. It's as if the tefillin have to have a complement of text written by a scribe in the ritual way on a parchment, but that every single letter is required for it to have that magical property as an os. Vahainu al And now he goes mystical and tells us why would it be? Who cares if you miss one letter from the word Pharaoh? It must be that our looking at this text is faulty. It must be that the text of Torah has a different function than what we've been used to. And what is that function? Sheyesh b'chol ois, every letter of Torah has oros tzachas elyonim. It has refined and exalted lights that it is mediating. It requires it to be complete, fully integrated. Every single letter without anything missing. That means that it is not sufficient that the Torah is here as a function to give you information or as a function to give you a history lesson, or as a function to give you a mythical lesson, what its function is actually is as an intermediary that brings down orot tzachot elyonim. The function of Torah then is to bring down these supernal lights so that the world is sustained through the Torah. And that is what the Daigal is referring to. And now he goes back to our original pasuk, ki ani hichpadeti et libo, meaning, hainu, I have hardened his heart, hainu, afshe hoya dai b'makos horishonos. It would have been sufficient for us to have completed the exodus after the first three plagues. Afal pikein, nevertheless, ani hichpadeti et libo. In this verse, I am, we are told that I am hardening his heart so that the next seven plagues will occur. Maybe not necessarily, because I could have done it originally just with the first three plagues. And now the Daigle puns on that word, ososai, not in the sense of an os as a sign, not as a sense of os as a plague, and not even as the sense of os as the tefillin, but os as a letter. That is, in order that I may fulfill the complement of letters in the narrative of the Exodus, I am required to harden his heart so that the text of the Torah will be complete. Hainu, the text of the Torah, the text of the tefillin, those tefillin have to be complete, and they talk about the Exodus and all the plagues. Because of the mysteries of the exalted lights that are hinted with those letters, that are fully in balance, that require this transformer of spiritual light to be the transformer that through which the light comes down. Because 
And it has to say like it does say in Exodus 13, 15. And it was when Paro's heart was hardened to send us. And it has to say, and God killed all the firstborn. In order for this text to be complete, we are reverse fitting the narrative, meaning we are no longer interested in history. We're not interested in why this happened or why it didn't happen. The reason I'm hardening his heart, the reason the narrative must continue for the next seven plagues is so that the Parsha of Tefillin can be complete. Because if it wasn't be complete, then the ritual magic of the Tzachos El Yonah will not be able to come down. It has to be Bakirbo, Hainu. It has to be through his agency, the agency of Paro. Remember the Yismach Moshe quoting the Kedusha slave, he said, in order that the good times will come back and we'll look back at Mitzrayim and we'll, even they will say it was for the good. Here the Daigle is actually completely reversing the structure of the narrative and saying, Al Yodo, through the agency of Pharaoh and then the resulting seven plagues, Yushlam Ta'ot Tfilin. The parchment of all the narrative that's in the tefillin will be complete. Shenasem min sipur, which contains the story. Kol hamayro umina oisir shmo, ois tefillin. Vehu shaveh lishar kol And then the Daigle says, and that applies to the entire spiritual corpus, the Torah that we look at and think is giving us information about the past and archaeology and history and this and that. This applies to the rest of the Torah. Shehadin hu im nechsa ois achaz posel. Because the din says that if one letter of the entire Torah is missing, it's pasul. Velo have ois klal. Ache nichtab kola osius aksubim bohem bishlemus gamur. Until everything is completely finished in one complete integrated text, Belishum Chesoron, the Havain. And the Daigle instructs us to try to understand his whole theory in which history is subservient to the text. Lieberman once said, and so did Raputna, that there is only textual truth. There's, we're not interested in historical truth. Someone said, what happens if we find in archaeology that the Kroshim of the Beis Amikdash are triangular instead of square? Will the third Beis Amikdash use those? And he said, chas v'sholem. That is not the way Torah works. Torah is a textual tradition. We are the people of the book. We interpret the book from generation to generation. External history, archaeology, science is totally irrelevant to the mythic reality that we're talking. The Daigle is showing us a world of mysticism in which the Torah is our only access to the infinite divine. And that the divine comes through this world, through the letters of Torah, shining into this world and sustaining this world. And therefore, we have come full circle to Bo El Paro. Come, Moshe Rabbeinu. Come to Pharaoh because we have to finish this narrative so that the Torah will be complete 
and the torah will then become and the manifestation of the divine within the world.